We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. Hello, dear friends. This is Mike Cosentino, and welcome once again to the Run ATL Podcast. We so very much appreciate you tuning into this broadcast. Rest assured, I am not alone. I am with my faithful companion, Dolomite Dave. D2 is here with me. Hello, my friend. Hello, and yes, this is uh, one of those episodes where there's a, a nice little story, you know. It always makes those episodes a little bit special when there's a story to go along with it. That is true. It has been said. People love stories. Our new friend, Kimberly, who will be our featured conversation in this episode, gave us a couple. I'm going to let you share a little of the one that was on interview day Before you do that, here's how I met Kimberly, and this is really cool as well. I was over grabbing a bite and a coffee in the evening. The same place where we ended up having this interview, Cafe 640 West. It's a great little community spot over by the West Side Beltline. I went in there one evening, and the woman behind the counter, I now know her as a friend of mine, Anne, saw my book bag, my backpack, and said, oh, Big Peach Running Company, because as you know, we have that embroidered in the things that we seem to carry around. And she's like, I really like that place. And I said, oh, tell me more. She had no idea, of course, who I was or my affiliation, and she did. And she said, you need to meet my friend. She was just in runner's world. And I said, well, my goodness, I'd love to meet her. And I thought she might give me contact information or she might give me an email address, but instead she yells, Kimberly! And Kimberly had her headphones on. Kimberly didn't hear and yelling, Kimberly! And it's just that kind of place where you can do that when friends are around or no matter how busy it might have been. Eventually her voice was loud enough. Kimberly spun around from a stool that was a little bit away from us and she had no idea why her friend was yelling at her. So I rushed over just to say hello. And perfectly enough, we found a copy of Runner's World. She showed me the article and the place in that magazine where she was featured, and I fell in love with her immediately. What a special person. And then she proved it to us again the day of the interview. Pick it up from there, my friend. Let the story time continue. So, yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, most of the times we're, we're uh, doing the podcast here in our, our little studio, but we'll kind of take it a little bit on the road. And typically it's been at one of our locations, you know, one of the stores. Uh, either before uh, we open or after. In this instance, out of convenience, we're going to go meet Kimberly at our uh, Midtown location. But because it was early morning, it's like, well, let's grab a run and uh, let's get a couple miles in before we uh, sit down for the podcast. And we arrive at the Midtown location. It's a rainy morning and we realize we don't have a key to the store. And it's what seven a.m. six thirty. No, it's six. It was about six thirty a.m. It's raining. We don't have a keys. We're you know Mike's looking through all his ring of keys and and couldn't find it. So we're like, what do we do? It's like, well, let's go for a run. Let's see if we can kind of figure this out while we're out for a run. So we get rained on, and we come back, and I think that's where we kind of decided. Well, what do we do? Let's reach out to Kimberly. Luckily, she you know, was, had her phone nearby that early and, uh, and, and responded. And we then rescheduled to do it at uh, Cafe 60, 640 West. That's, that's exactly right. And a couple of great life lessons there. And perhaps nobody in our listenership will be surprised to hear this. But let's talk about the run. So what I did not even think would be the case, because I had seen you, you may not remember this, D2, the night before when we put our plan together. Let's meet early. We'll get there at six. We'll run. It'll be fun to kind of have Midtown to ourselves before all the traffic and the city streets are abuzz. But it was kind of nice that evening when we made those plans. Mm -hmm. When I woke up, this wasn't just a misting. It was coming down. The life lesson I would offer everyone is by the time we were done, I grumbled about it driving all the way to Midtown. When we first stepped into the rain and we were soaked, literally, in a few seconds, I thought, what are we doing? But not once after it was over or any time that day did I regret it. In fact, I celebrated it. Celebrated some time with you and the fact that we did it and we felt better for it. Well, and, and that, you know, and this is one of the things that we talk about this all the time. We talk about accountability. 
because I know that if my alarm had gone off and if it was raining, I would have shut it off and I was going, no, I'll do my run later and probably wouldn't have run later. I would have gotten busy, would have forgotten. But because you and I had talked about it, we said, we're going to go down and we're going to meet, we're going to run so beforehand. True. And you know, we were doing the podcast anyway, so we were going to meet in Midtown anyway. It's like, okay, we're here. What are we going to do? Not run? You know, as runners, what are we going to do? No, sorry, we're not going to run. It's like we had the accountability. We said we were meeting each other. So we ran. We ran the rain, and, and it was enjoyable. Yeah. Well, and, and this year, sometime we'll have a focus on group runs. And you mentioned the term accountability. Neither one of us was going to be brave or bold enough to reach out to the other and say, I'm out. I'm not coming. So the accountability factor worked both ways. We both probably slogged down to Midtown separately, unfortunately. Another Atlanta tradition, multiple cars, two people going roughly to the exact same location. But nonetheless, we got there and we did it and we felt better. And I would offer this to everyone who's listening. And that is, that's always the case, y'all. That wasn't unique to D2 and to me that morning. Those times you think, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to today. Do I have to or should I? The answer is yes, you will be better for it. That I promise. And also, Dave, you said we just kind of needed to sort it out. We needed to think it through. Somehow the founder of this organization, the director of marketing, we have no access to our flagship store in Midtown. How that came to be, I do not know. We've got that figured out now, but still we needed a little of an opportunity, a little bit of an opportunity to just kind of work through a few things. What better way than taking off for a run to do just that? Well, and I, I, that's typically where I have found, you know, runs is where I work things out. Runs are when I can plan my day um, and my long runs are where I can kind of plan my week. And I think that's kind of what allows me to be better at my job because it's those times where I'm alone where I can actually think and kind of put things, you know, in a perspective, plan out my week, plan out my day, uh, think about, uh, you know, things that I need to get done or figure out how am I going to do them? How am I going to handle the workload or uh, you know, an opportunity or a challenge that has come up? And, and I'm able to do that uh, through the run. It's that, that alone time you know, to do that. And in this case, it's b- both of us running. Sure. We're like, well, yeah, we got a problem. Let's, let's figure it out. Verbal brainstorming exactly. and very healthy exchange. In fact, I was thinking that morning, some people get their best ideas in the shower. Some people get their best ideas on the run. For us, it was both. We got our best ideas in terms of how to solve our lack of access in the Midtown on a run in what felt like was just this continual shower. So when you finally come back from the brief break that we'll take, it will be brief, but when you finally get a chance to hear this interview, the audio will be slightly different. D2, you did an awesome job with your enhancements and your editing. It's the first time we ultimately got a chance to sit in a very public space and do one of these featured conversations. I think it turned out terrifically thanks to you. I don't think it'll be the last time we do it. So once again, when you least expect a favorable result, that is what happens. Again, many, many thanks to Kimberly, who you're going to meet right after this message. She was so accommodating for us. She is just such a sweetheart. More importantly, her story and her story about overcoming real challenges and ultimately accepting through her fitness routine who she is and who she was meant to be, including all the help every day she is providing others, comes to life so powerfully in this conversation. So do not go anywhere. We'll have it for you right after this break. Running doesn't have to be hard and injuries don't have to be a part of your running experience. Learn how to run better through Big Peach Running Company's Transform Running Workshops. In this three-hour session, you'll learn three simple elements that not only improve your form, but also reduce the chances of injury, allowing you to run faster and make running more enjoyable. Sign up at BigPeachRunningCo.com and become the runner you've always thought you could be. And welcome back to the Run ATL Podcast. D2, what a special treat this is for me. This is the first time that I've had the good fortune. Our featured conversation is sitting right next to us in the exact (laughs) same place where we first met. This is so cool. Kimberly is joining us. Kimberly Bradley, some of you may know the name from the Runner's World issue, the first issue of 2018. She is with us today. She's got an awesome (laughs) story and as you might be able to tell already an awesome laugh and a terrific 
personality. Kimberly, thank you so much for making some time thank for you, us. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much. Well, you know, we when I first came in, and, and just a, a shout out to our friends at Cafe 640 West, I came in one evening and was just to get a coffee and sit down and do a little bit of work. And your friend Ann said, you need to meet Kimberly when she heard that I was with Big Peach Running Company and you've got this personality that is so infectious. Right away, I was like, wow, what a cool person to be hanging out here. And as I learned more about your story, I just became more and more certain we needed to share your journey, what you've learned, what you've done for yourself, and now what you're doing for so many others. So kind of give us a little bit of background. I know... D2 knows, so many do not yet. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, well, so much, oh my goodness. I know. (laughs) So uh, I can ID myself a plus size wellness coach. So I do life coaching, I do personal training, I do meal plans, I do a whole bunch of different things, basically for women that are of plus size nature, Um, anywhere between sizes of 12 to 30, 36, I've had them. Um, I once was about 400 pounds, um, suffered from PCOS, and was just going in a, just spiraling downward. And so um, about, I would say five years ago, I kind of embraced this whole holistic wellness and was kind of just finding my fit, just trying out all kind of different things as, you know, seeing what is going to work for me. And the funny thing is, uh, with running, uh, some people may find out, I used to make fun of runners. I could not understand. You were one of those, huh? I was that, one of made, those. that you were in your yes. car at a red light, yes. and a jogger or runner yes. would go by at the intersection, and you would make fun absolutely, of him or her. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I had the cardio memes, I had post-cardio <laughs> Like, why did I open it? Because I started out actually bodybuilding. I started okay. lifting weights and got great results with it. But there was just this element that was missing and so um, my friend she was like hey let's do the hot chocolate race and I was like what is that why what's the point because my whole thing was runners are running and going nowhere fast that was my like I it was just the dumbest thing you could have done and we did the hot I trained for it never ran a day in my life never ran never did a race never did track nothing and because I had already been doing the workouts and the HIIT training, I said, okay, let me just try pushing myself. So I started doing the interval training with the running. And it would get this rush. And I was like, what is this? And then people was like, oh, it's called runner's high. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you get high after this? It happens. <laughs> it does happen. It really happens. And um, a couple of times I ate some pavement because of the runner's high. Yep. Because I didn't know how to balance it. It, w- it was euphoric for me. Um, I was working with the police department. I was an officer for 15 years. And they knew I had went up and down in my weight because of the PCOS. And I was literally running 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. Okay? Wow. Um, and they would see me running up Holcomb Bridge. They would see nice. me running down Roswell Road. They'd be like, was that you? I'd be like, yeah. So the officers would... Patrol and these and are the sure. ones on patrol. These are the ones on patrol. And so they would keep an eye out for me and things of that, uh, that sort because it was late at night. But I was a night person. And because I was big, I could hide. So I love being in that darkness and fresh air and whatnot and just got addicted. So I did the hot chocolate race. The hot chocolate race, um, that I, th- I want to say that was 2016, my first race. And you do the 15K or the 5K? I did 5K? the 15K. So your first race was a 15K. Was a 15K. Yes. That's putting it out there. <laughs> and um, it was a, it was brutal, but there was something about I've never the, the energy of the runners really. I had never experienced that. So you're talking about what? I don't know, 60,000 people. Or so there are a lot of people. There's who do a lot that of people. Race. You yep. know, like 20,000 or something like that. And the energy, the, 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 the rumbling of the ground when we're all taking off, from the guy shouting on the microphone, and I'm just like, what is this? And um, I fell in love with it. From the, I, I, this, I think it's pictures, as a matter of fact, me just boo-hoo crying at the finish line. And getting that medal, it was like, wow. And I wasn't a kind of person that, in school, I didn't get no kind of medals for any kind of physical activity. I skipped gym. So it was pointless. So... That um, started off, and um, by the end of that year, I had completed, I want to say, 15 official races. Wow. Including, mind you, I had just started running that October, November, um, from, and it's almost still at around 300, I would say I was about 280, 280 pounds, physically fit, like I, was, I could yep. move, um, but it was still a struggle for me, and did my first three half marathons that first year of me ever running. 
And um, that's how I came into your company. Yep. Well, there's so much I want to pull out of that. So first of all, you mentioned the expertise that you have working yes. with plus-sized. Yes. Primarily women or plus-sized men and women? I've done some men, but primarily women. Okay, so yes. primarily women. But mm -hmm. even if it's men and women, you have this expertise there mm -hmm. because you've lived it. Yes. You've learned sometimes the hard way. Yes. But let me remind you of this. In the Runner's World article, and you say, at the onset, I could never be a runner yes. because breathing would be too hard. Yes. Unpack that for us a little bit. Why did you feel that way? You mentioned mm -hmm. you weren't particularly active as a youth. Mm -hmm. You obviously had weight that some might have said, well, you got to get to a certain point before you can start running. Yes. You didn't believe that to be true. Yeah. And then by your own words, you didn't feel like you could run because of just the breathing that wouldn't come as easily as you would hope it would. Yes. So help us understand that even better. Okay, so growing up, I had chronic asthma. Okay. I was considered chronic asthmatic, where I've actually been in the hospital for two weeks at a time on a breathing machine. So it was, there was an, a bit of anxiety with that. Um, you know, short little distances, if I had to sprint, because I was an officer, there was times when I had to be, you know, be able to respond mm -hmm. quickly. That was fine, but I assure you, there wasn't a moment that I didn't have my abutilol, my inhaler, in my pocket. Okay. And so you talk that with being overweight and the possibility of being hospitalized, it, it, it created a lot of anxiety for me. And so I would literally tell people, oh, no, running, I would never do that because I, I, I just can't breathe. It, I would die, mm -hmm. you know. And I didn't understand the mechanics or the physiological aspects of training your lungs in that you, the more work you do and if you properly train, your lungs begin to expand and actually more oxygen <laughs> helps you breathe yep. better. Um, well, I think you said the asthma and some of the condition has really been set aside yeah. because of how you've improved your fitness so much over the last few years. Yes, I went from using my inhaler, even when I was working out, um, I was using my inhaler probably about five to 10 times a day. You know, I do a couple of puffs or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then as I started learning to control my breathing and with the running, um, I had a trainer tell me one time, he was like, your body, the only thing your lungs is doing is trying to filter the air and, and oxygen, I think it's oxygenate the blood. He's like, you're not gonna die. And when I found, I was like, really? And so when I started um, doing my training to become a personal trainer myself, I started reading all this material like, what? So I'm not, it's like, no, you just feel like your heart is going to cave in. But it's not. And went from that to literally I've done half marathons. And sometimes I will do a preventive puff just for the anxiety. But most of the time, don't even use my inhaler when I go running. Like at all. I keep it on me as a security risk because of we're in Georgia and the allergies in the air and everything. Um, but I, I, I go days, weeks without using my inhaler, which my own family can attest to. They never thought that would even happen because I was such a sickly, you know, quote unquote, child because of my asthma. But the running and the cardio have really helped that. Even being plus size, um, it really helped strengthen my lungs and allow me to embrace a lot of these physical activities without the anxiety of not being able to breathe. Well, I love that term, embrace. And, and let's just review this. I'm going to do this as I oftentimes do so that you really understand why we suggest that the pedestrian active lifestyle is something for everyone. Kimberly admitted she was 400 plus pounds and yet decided to get started. She indicated that she had chronic asthma. That had been the case since a youth that had been clinical for her and yes, made the decision to get started. She indicated that she did not grow up as an athlete or was not somebody who just kind of fell out of a baby stroller into a pair of running shoes and had been doing this her entire life, but as a young adult decided to get started. We all know too many people, quite frankly, that are hiding behind something that they believe yeah. is why they cannot go out for a walk mm -hmm. or take a jog or perhaps become a runner. Yes. For that person, what would you say? What is it that you learned about yourself that finally got you to do what we are so much wanting so many others to do, mm -hmm. and that is just get started? Yes. What would you say to them? I would say find your rabbit. Okay. Find your rabbit. Find your rabbit. Or your unicorn, as some people All say. Right. Chase the unicorn, okay? And for me, believe it or not, it was the meadows. Okay. Um, that, when I, I said, I thrust myself in there. And I, sometimes a lot of people are like, well, they want what they can get in return immediately. You can't look at it like that. You got to look at what are you going to learn? What are you going to end up evolving into? Embrace that factor. Because you just never know. I, you would have never told me 
in a million years I would be two, over 250 pounds running a marathon. Never. So I had to be open to the possibility of it. So what I would say, if you want to get started, if you're plus size, or even if you're not plus size and you're just someone that's sedentary, you know, you just like, oh, I don't know, get out there. For me, I started out in the mountains. I went hiking in the mountains. It was it was seclusive, it was private, and only I could see me, okay? And I was taking seven-mile hikes. Now, them seven miles was literally taking me seven hours, six hours. But I got to, what I love is, is nature. So that was my rabbit. It was like I got the, the, the ability to see what I love, which is nature and valleys and mountains and everything else, but I got the physical activity as well. So we kind of do a little, you know, mental trickery for you um, there. So I say find that thing, if, if a crowds, if you're more um, extrovert, and get with a running group. Get with uh, and a lot. And one thing I have to say about these running groups, um, the ones that I've met up with and I, the people I meet, they are so embracing. I mean, people that run run hundred k's, fifty k's, mm-hmm. they will sit there and walk with you. So understand that the community is very supportive. And because a lot of our issues as plus size women or who struggle with obesity is what we think you all are basically saying about us. When really it's just you all sitting there and you're rooting us on. So I say just thrust yourself out there. Um, go by your feeling. If you feel, if you, people, they are truly genuine people, these trainers, these running groups, if you get a good feel for it, go for it. Don't feel as though you have to be at the front of the line. Mm-hmm. You know, I root for the back of the pack. <laughs> well, and the two things that you said that I think we can put an asterisk next to and say this is really for everyone, and that is find a rabbit. Yes. And everybody's rabbit might be a little bit different. You may be out there saying, well, that person I'm thinking of right now, I'm not so sure he or she has a rabbit. They do. Yes. It might be a relationship they don't have yep. or one that they're not as convinced as what they should be. Yes. They want to be around for it in five, ten 20 years from now, yes. that could be a rabbit. It yes. might be something like finding that metal at a finish line that yes. gives you a sense that you've never had before. Absolutely. And unless you go for it, yes. you're never going to get that sense of achievement. And, and then the second thing that you said, Kimberly, be open to it. Yes. Be bold enough mm-hmm. to get out there and give it a shot. Yes. So one of the things that, that you embrace so well on, which is so cool, <laughs> and that you know I've seen the terminology with you, you are bodaciously fit. <laughs> bodaciously fit, right? Yes, yes. You do not look like somebody who might toe the line no. <laughs> at the Olympic marathon trials. And look, that laughter is so good. It's just awesome to hear. Yes. So you know you. who you are. Yes. yes You're very completely much so. comfortable yes. with who you are. Mm-hmm. But you also indicated in Runner's World that there was those instances where you weren't as confident. Yes. There was that mild depression at one point. Yes. So let's talk about this beautiful woman here mm-hmm. with us who also mm-hmm. knows that part of her history yes. is finding out who she is, not just in this yes. lifestyle, mm-hmm. but in general. Yes. How do you go from someone who right now lacks confidence if you're that individual on the other side of this microphone to being who you are next to us who just has all kinds of confidence is ready to get out there and show the world what she can do okay um, from a runner's, I have to speak from a runner's perspective. Okay. okay? That's yeah. going to be fine with us, isn't it, D2? Can we take it from a runner's perspective? All right. You, your license is granted. You can do that. Okay, awesome. So I would have to say, again, because this, this is mystery box with running and what it was for me. And because if, if in the article, it was my therapy, okay? When I was dealing with the, the depression, it was something that, especially, now mind you, I started taking up running as an officer. So, and I'm a crisis intervention officer at that, okay. certified over almost 10 years, okay? Taught it. I'm, I'm skilled in having... So you can kind of recognize what's happening, yes. both externally when it's and, in front of you, as yes. well as internally when it's part of who you are. Exactly. Okay? And so I specialize um, in that, in my de-escalation skills and things of that sort. But one thing as an officer, what was happening was I'm the hero. So I was constantly suppressing it. Running for me opened that Pandora's box. So I would be running on these trails and I would just be crying for no reason. I'm like, what's going on? What, what is this? And then I noticed my work ethic became better. I noticed um, I started just having this pep in my step. You know, it was just this, this confidence that started building in me. And it was in my secret time. And I think that's what I like the most about it. And so with uh, knowing with my archetype, my personality, um, I didn't realize I was as competitive. Running really uh, <laughs> brought that out in me. You know, there was people, I'm, I'm out there, and they're running. I'm trying to keep up with them. They end up leaving me. But, you know, they don't know where, where in the competition. But when that, when that started happening, 
it's kind of like these emotional things just started leaving. It just started being released. And I know for certain it was through. And I had tried a whole bunch of different things. And those things worked. They really did help. But if anyone's dealing with any kind of emotional distress or any kind of um, mild depression in that in that aspect or confidence, um, you have to let it flow. If you know what I mean. It just has to run through. And I would be, when I was training for my marathon, I would be like at mile 11, mile 13 in the middle of downtown Atlanta because I was running all through Atlanta um, at night, by the way. And I would just... Not something we're always going to recommend. <laughs> Kimberly yes. did it. We're not, you're not necessarily suggesting that no. every female should get out there and start her long no. training run for the week at 10 p.m., right? We're not... No. And mind you, I'm an, I was an officer at the yep. time. So um, let's just say I was protected. Yep. And so, you know, I knew how to handle myself. But um, what I was going to say is you have to, when the emotions come, when those release come from the running, from that purging, as I like to tell my clients, there's going to be a purge. You can't shy away from it. You have to embrace that purge. And as you embrace that pur purge, and I wrote on a blog on it, actually, I said, I leave it on the pavement. The pavement is a reflection. It, it would be this reflection for me at times. There was times I was literally just running after my shadow. You know, and that... I mean, and I had to play these psychological, I don't, I don't want to like to say games, but these psychological exercises with myself because I was too prideful to go out and so much have the help because I am the help. Mm -hmm. um, but then the pavement became that mirror for me and became that thing that allowed me to release, to purge and become a better person for my profession, for my family and for myself. And here you have this, this confidence. And, and I, let me just be clear. You still would have confidence issue. I tell people, um, I had, I was talking to a buddy, and I said, um, you know, we're going for those PRs. And then you, you see your, your friend, your homegirl got this PR, and then it's like, oh, man, I should have trained a little bit more. I remember that day when I take off. You know, you're going you're gonna to constantly have those things that you're going to battle with as far as with your confidence. But you learn how to balance and channel your energy so that you can have you can get to where you need to, and that's it's, it's activating that confidence, and making it applicable, um, because it's not always this utopia, you know. I, a lot of times, just looking up at the wall at my um, medals, it reinforces my my confidence and reminds me of who I am. So I, I love that, and, and certainly I don't have training in this area, but you give me the impression that our confidence is there. Sometimes we have to dig really deep. Absolutely. To go back and get it. Yes. Or sometimes, and the, the word you use, Kimberly, was we have to activate it. Yes. We have to reinforce it. Mm -hmm. We don't always have easy access to it, but it's there. It's there. And then all of a sudden, the mindset of transformation yes. exists, and there's no stopping you. Right. But you've got to get started, and you've got yes. to stick with it. You mentioned when you're training others and that you have clients. Mm -hmm. So you've gone from being that individual who is training herself mm -hmm. to now training others. Yes. I know you understand nutrition. I know you mm -hmm. understand training beyond just adding mileage or having a certain number of miles per week or per training program where it also involves cardiovascular and strength training mm -hmm. and core and all this and that. When you think about some of those clients of yours, who have done like you, and that has truly transformed their lives. Uh -huh. What are some of the common threads that all of you share? What are some things that might be where this person, it may not be tomorrow, yes. but it's going to happen. Yes. Because I can already see a part of me, uh -huh. or already see what I've seen, some of my clients who are really successful. What are, what are some of those common links? The common, uh, okay. Because I have to admit, everyone, because the first thing I do, I have them all do a race. Okay. Right out of the gates. <laughs> yeah. Out the gate. Sign so, up for a race. Sign up for a race. Sign up for a race. Immediately. I don't care if it's a 5K or 1K. I don't care. Because I know the implication of that medal and crossing that finish line. So it's sign up for a race. It's put it out there. Put it out there. You've now got this accountability factor. Yes. Yes. So there, what great advice, whether you yes. are in a plus size program or whether you are yes. thinking about things at work yes. and challenging yourself in a way that's different than what you might in your cubicle or in your team mm -hmm. environment, sign up for a race. Sign up for a race. Immediately. Um, I'm actually signing up for the end of the year for a triathlon. Now, <laughs> mind you, that's a, is this your first triathlon? This will be my first. All right, okay. right on. And there's an Athena division. 
So it was for us plus babes. <laughs> and so um, I said, you know what? I'm just going to, it's been my dream. Um, I ultimately want to do Iron Man. I ultimately, I still want to even lose more weight. Um, but as the article said, I have PCOS. So I literally have to work 10 times, 100 times harder than an average person. And that's okay. If that is my vice, I'm cool with that. And I think a lot of people have to understand, you're going to have vices. You're going to have things that's going to slow you down. But as Runner's World had greatly outlined, you have people with missing limbs, you had people yep. with all kind of different vices and yet and still they obtain these goals within um, the fitness community and, and within running, okay? And so I would just um, one of the, another parallel is the immediate the immediate, how do you say that immediate um, gratification, gratification yep. um, and they cannot believe it. It may take a few days, it may take a week but with running or any kind of cardio you know, let's just start off with clients are just walking, fast-paced walking, and I'm having them sign up with Nike Plus, or they have the Garmin or whatever. Um, I love Nike Plus running app because it's free, and most people can download that one, and then they can see what I'm doing, and they're like, oh my God, Kimberly, last week, it took me, you know, a mile and a half, to go a mile and a half, it took me 45 minutes. This week, I did 10, I did 10, you know, I'm sorry, not 10, that's me, (laughs) I did two miles. And I did it in 40 minutes. How was this even possible? And I was like, you got over the anxiety. You got over, you know, you, 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 yep. you, the, the conditioning is very quick, in my opinion, with cardio. Combined with some other things, of course. But that, that, that push, that thing right there, it sets them, sets them off. Well, and you mentioned your weight, and you mentioned that it might not continue to come off as fast. You've gone from 400 to, roughly, do you mind just sharing where you are currently? I'm in the middle twos. I've packed away my scale. Okay. Um, It's one of the things, because I was telling my clients to put away the scale. Excellent. And I'm just looking at measurements, because I do fluctuate in my weight um, because of PCOS. It's a metabolic syndrome, um, or hormonal imbalance. And so, it, it can be stressful. You know what I'm saying? Well, so I put away the scale. Well, and one of the things that I just just immediately gravitated about you is there are so many people who think, well, I should start to run or walk because I'm going to lose five pounds or 50 pounds or half my body weight. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. And that's a great target. And it yes. might be the rabbit yes. for some people. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more to this lifestyle it's so much more. than just dropping a few or even a couple of hundred LBs. Yeah. It could be the asthma yes. and the inhaler that go yes. away yes. along with the scale. Yes. It could be relationships that you form in these groups yes. that you talked about. Mm-hmm. It could be this mindset that now is that self-confidence has always been there. It's at the surface as yes. opposed to down where I have to dig really, really deep uh-huh. to find it. How is it for someone who you believe comes into your program mm-hmm. and it's firstly about losing weight, mm-hmm. but it shouldn't be? Yes. What should they be focusing on? besides losing weight, whether the weight comes off or not, uh-huh. what else should they be thinking about? Okay, so one of the assignments that I do uh, off the bat with my clients is they have to write down a hundred goals. A hundred. One, zero, zero. And this is why. Because a lot of the, initially, you write down 10, you write down 25, they tend to be very superficial, okay? Um, now, valid goals. But at the same time, I know at some point, you may fail yourself in those goals, or it may not come as quick. You might say, I want to lose 25 pounds. Well, you may not lose 25 pounds in three months. It may take you six months. So I need you to have deeply ingrained some other factors to help build upon that foundation so that you can stay committed. Because the funny thing is, a lot of times my clients get those last 50, the last, you know, getting the 70s, they're like, Kim, I got this, this, and that. So, okay, so you, this was um, directly correlated to what, what you're doing now allowed you to obtain these goals right here. So if you know you got 25 out of this 100, don't you think these other 75 are going to come? Okay? And it, it allows them to be committed. Um, I tell them, a lot of them, and I was, I, now mind you, a little backdrop of me, I was the shallow fat girl. I was the person that was trying, I, I did every weight loss <laughs> diet possible. I was the kind of person eating a salad and a chicken breast and drinking, uh, 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 what you call that, Slim Fast. Okay. The slim yep. Fast is a meal in itself. Trying to take the shortcuts. <laughs> trying to take the shortcuts. Um, I did it all. Pills, I mean, weight, prescribed pills, you name it. I did every possible thing I could possibly do to lose. So I understand what I call, and it's in my book, that um, is coming out soon is the fat girl psyche. I talk about the fat girl psyche because what we do, we get really good at finding avenues and shortcuts so that we don't have to do all the work because we want it quick. And when you have all these things on TV that's showing quick weight loss and people coming out promoting these things, 
we we're like, okay, well, we can do it. And Three some, payments, nineteen ninety five. Yeah, it's done. And it's done. And it's like, no, you're going to have to do the work. And some of us is going to have to work a hundred times harder. It's just a, it's just a fact of the matter. And you have now me because of my Akia type and because I am competitive, I tend to be more of an alpha female in that aspect. I just I chopped it up to like, you know what? I'm tough. I'm fine if I got to do a hundred times harder. Cool, but that's gonna give me more, as we we call on the streets. This is gonna give me more cred, yep. you know. And, and I bet it gives you more satisfaction and more satisfaction. And so, and I can honestly, I think the reason why I get a lot of the support from the running community because I've had some people, you know, you get the trolls, but then when they see my history, they see they're like, You're, you can't fake this. There's no way you can fake this. There's no way you can just go out here and just. She's been consistent when they understand the PCOS, and they're like, oh, the whole picture is kind of painted. And so, um, yeah, that, that's, that's So you've, you've got the best terminology. We've had the good fortune of having quite a few featured conversations. I, the term de-escalation, <laughs> archetype. We talked about the description, bodaciously fit. Uh-huh. You also mentioned the book, Fat Girl Psyche, coming out. Mm-hmm. We'll make sure we'll have to have you back on when that <laughs> is released. But then Lipstick and Fit, your website will certainly yes. put a link to that. We'll make sure people have easy access to your blog. Yes. Tell us about lipstick and fit because there's that other side of it, right? <laughs> yes. Where it's yes. almost kind of like, you know, the beauty and the beauty. Yes. But the beauty behind lipstick and the beauty behind fitness aren't always the same. So yes. give us some background on lipstick and fit. Yes. And actually, I was more of a tomboyish kind of girl. Okay. <laughs> but um, my mom's real girly, but I have our brothers. And so um, I went in, I had a name came about. I had got a personal trainer and I would have these emotional breakdowns. This was like six years ago. I have these emotional breakdowns. And he knew there was times I like to be girly. And so he said, Kim, go wash it. I was crying. Like, I'm going to lose some weight. You know, I'm just, I'm fat. And he's like, what are you talking about? And that's when I started taking pictures because I would never take pictures. All my pictures, and my big girls are going to know this, was from the neck and up. <laughs> that's funny. So that's how that's done. Yes. We was like, we're not going to show all the split, spillage. Or we was going to cut off the picture. <laughs> so there was a lot of, um, you know, angling going on there. But he said, go in the bathroom, put on your lipstick. Because I love lip gloss and I love lipstick. All right. Everyone knew that about me. I don't wear a lot of makeup. Um, I just kind of, you know, do whatever. But I will put on my lipstick. And I put on my lipstick. And I was like, that's right. I'm lipstick and fit. <laughs> and then he was like, that's right, girl. And then we kind of just deemed the name from there. And the reason why I said lipstick and fit is because I wanted to also show women, you can still embrace your femininity while working out. And I would go in the gym. People was like, Kim, are you really coming to the gym? Like, I, I like dressing up. I like wearing my wigs. I like wearing my weaves. I like, yep. that's me. And I like my lipstick. And the guys would just laugh. And they'd be like, you know what? You put in that work. All your makeup be off by the time you're done. <laughs> but, you, but that was what I was known for. And I was like, but I, on a psychological level, and I actually do this with some of my clients that have some confidence issues and self-esteem mm-hmm. issues. <clears throat> if they like makeup, if they like being girly, I say embrace that. Get you some cute workout clothes. Get you some cute sneakers at all. Big piece running clothes. We read a bell when somebody does that, do you Get you some, and I did, I, I got me a lot of cute sneakers. I want to get my sneakers from you all anyways. And so I, I, you know, get the cute sneakers, get the cute clothes, put on some lipstick, feel pretty, feel good, because on a psychological level, it helps esteem us. You're esteeming yourself. Make yourself feel beautiful. And I, that was something I was having an issue with. I had a friend, I was going in with frothy clothes, you know, just kind of looking lumpy around. The gym. And she's like, look, well, look how you look. You're not going to feel good with that. You don't have the proper attire to help cultivate those emotions and to help stimulate that. And so I started doing it, and I was known as the girl with the, lips, being, with the lipstick and fit. And so lipstick and fit was birthed out of that. And that's one of the things that I want my, my ladies to do is embrace that femininity and allow that to channel that energy and use it towards you know, running or exercising. Well, and if I think about some of the things that that you do so well, it's not just inspire others, it's also hold people accountable. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to turn this, and I know we've got just a couple of minutes left with you. Somebody, whether it's the person staring back at you in the mirror, Mm -hmm. or somebody you've been working with for quite some time, Uh we gave them the rabbit to get started. Okay. How do we hold someone accountable? What do you do to help keep your clients and yourself accountable? What are these special tips okay. or tricks that have less to do with getting started, uh-huh. but more to do with the accountability that we all need? Accountability, okay. 
Um, this is gonna be the boring part because some people don't like this. But it's true, nonetheless. It may be boring. It may not be yes. sexy, but it is true. Exactly. All right, let's hear it. And I am big on journaling. Okay. Okay. I am real big on journaling. I am real big, like as a now for a coach. I tell people it's really hard. If anything, I know, and I've dealt with crime. I've dealt with criminals my my time. And my dad's a cop. He's a captain too. So I know crime and I know criminals. It's really hard for you to lie about yourself when you're writing about yourself. Okay? And so a lot of times when I would have my, what I do for my clients, we, I have an assessment. We do a weekly assessment. And I just put everything, like those goals, I remind them of those goals. I say, well, did you do this? This was what we had on the agenda for the week. Um, weekly agendas are the best thing you can do. Daily agendas are the best thing you can do. Because you are going to have to read your own disappointment. If you didn't do the 10 things you said you was going to do in that day, you have to, like, now mind you, you do have to look at it. Mm -hmm. You can't just write it down, put it on a shelf, and exactly. let it collect dust. Exactly. So this is accountability on yourself, because I can't be there yep. with you, or your coach, whoever, can't be there with you all the time. But we know psychologically, it's looming in the back of your mind, of your subconscious, you know, it's going to be there. And when you write it down, at least at some point, it's going to reemerge, so to speak. And so I'm really big on writing because when you make those promises, I think it's um, Carolyn Mize that um, she's an awesome writer and she talks about sacred contracts. And I had to do that with my with my um, journaling. It was like almost establishing these sacred contracts. I do that with my clients, with life coaching. Establishing these sacred contracts and in that, you're making a promise to yourself because the only person that can fail you, and I tell my clients this, at the end of this, I assure you, I will not fail you. But you may fail yourself. Okay, because at some point you're gonna have to do this yourself. I can only give you the, the tools, I can only tell you so much, I can only motivate you so much. Yep. And I'm the kind of person now, the choleric side of me is I only will do, deal with so much, you know, because I had to do the work myself, I did all this myself, trial and error at that. And so, a lot of times, one of my issues I think we have in this community is we can pacify a lot, okay. I did it for myself. I yep. pacified so, myself. And we've talked about that, where we give ourselves too much yeah. grace, yes. and we don't give ourselves what we need to stay with it. Absolutely. And so, um, as my clients like to say, Kimberly, you and your tough love, you know, yeah. and, and and that's what it is, and it truly is, because the energy that I can expel, that I'm expelling on you, there's some, there's another person that will take all of this and run with it. I'm the kind of person, you tell me something, I'll go with it. You know, either I'll do it or not. Yep. And I tend to attract those kind of people. Anyways, they tend to be self-driven. They tend to be um, the kind of people that they, they can drive themselves. They just need the, the tools. They just need to know. They just need some good sneakers. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had a client now. She was 330 pounds. Her first um, 15K was the hot, hot chocolate. And she, she completed it. She did awesome. And it was one of those things where it was like, okay, Kim simply gave me the tools. And then she, and she's, I haven't had her as a client for over a year, and she's still doing races. She's still training herself and doing everything else. I'm not here to stay, or sh no one should be there to stay. You ultimately should be your greatest coach. Well, and I think about coach, and we started talking about accountability. One of the expressions I like to use is your accountability partner mm -hmm. needs an accountability partner. Yes. And that's you. Yes. You've also got to participate in the accountability. I know you've got a lot mm -hmm. going on. <laughs> Let us know a couple of things. You said that there's a group that will be starting in March. Yes. We're, we're and then tell mm -hmm. us tell us about that and, and tell us what we can kind of expect from Kimberly for the, the rest of this year. Okay, awesome. So this is the world's first plus size 5K, okay? It's wow. called the, the Plus Strut. The Plus Strut, the yes. world's first plus yes. size 5K here in the yes. ATL. In the ATL. Right on. Chesting Park on May 5th. Awesome. Okay. Yes, yes. So everything's cleared with the city. We got it. Awesome. Got Congratulations. Yes, yeah, so we're excited about it. And we have women coming in from all over. Um, we have a lot of bloggers that's already kind of jumped on board. You have a link um, we'll be able to share yes, in our show notes do. and everything. Yes, I'll make sure to get all that from you. Yes, www.theplusstrut.com. Um, so it's, it's, it's phenomenal. And, I mean, you do not have to be a runner. Let's make this very clear. But, of course, ultimately, I am trying to persuade you. <laughs> so, so there will be a little that. bit of psychological pressure yes. to get applied at the plus strut. Yes, I want you to feel that rush of emotion that I had in my first race. Mind you, I was 35 years old when I embraced running. So, 
I want these women, I don't care what, I don't care if you're 500 pounds, 400 pounds, I will cross the finish line with you, okay? What we're doing, we're doing weekly training sessions. Um, if you're out of state, we're going to do uh, training sessions online as well. So we're kind of put it out there, what you need to do. Um, I am the, the official lead coach of the Plus Tribe. So you will be, for free, you'll be dealing with me and getting a lot of our expertise, nutrition, things of that sort. Um, because we really, mind you, we want us to be healthy, ultimately, okay? I started off with running through cardio, through walking, literally hunched over with a, I call it a Moses stick, I will find one in the woods, <laughs> and hunched over, back hurting, but, you know, I started somewhere. So please start somewhere. This race would be great if you register for the race now. Um, it'd be awesome. It's, it's going to be hype. I'm telling you, it's going to be phenomenal. So I really um, hope my plus babes really come out and, um, you know, use this as an opportunity, as we was talking about earlier, as signing up for your first race. And you're going to be in a protected environment. You're going to, we, it's women of all with this plus size. I'm talking about women of plus size nature that have done way more than me. I'm talking about 50K or 100K or these these women are beasts. They're out there. And if you looked at them, you would never know they ran a day in their life. But we're here. So you create that wonderfully safe, yes. wonderfully wonderfully energetic yes. environment. Mm -hmm. And that is so typical of you. You are a beautiful, <laughs> wonderful, just absolute Thank treasure <laughs> to the lifestyle that I know everyone at this table embraces. It's certainly been cool to get to know you and to now call you, you a friend. I look forward to not only keeping an eye on that race, but on all the cool things that you're doing. Congratulations thank on everything you. you've done so I far. And thank it. you for being such a great example for D2, for me, thank and you, for D2. all <laughs> of our listeners. And with that, we will take just a brief break. We'll be back in a moment. You've got the right shoe for you, but maybe you're still getting blisters and your feet aren't too happy. The source of your discomfort may be the socks you're wearing. Cotton is rotten. You need socks made from synthetic materials that wick away the moisture that can lead to blisters. Big Peach Running Company carries a variety of styles and brands including Features, Balega, Swiftwick, and Njinji. Every sock is buy three, get one free. Mix and match brands and styles? It doesn't matter. You'll save 25% when you pick up four pairs of socks. Keep your feet happy and stock up on socks at Big Peach Running Company. Welcome back to the Run ATL Podcast. D2, I am still smiling over that conversation. So inspirational and thinking about the story we told at the onset. Now that conversation and now here we are. That just makes me feel good. Yeah, I mean, she is a, a very uh, kind of warm and outgoing, uh, you know, very you know, outgoing, bubbly personality. I mean, I met her for the first time by the end of the, you know, the interview. You know, we're like hugging each other, you know, and saying goodbye. Well, and, and I think that it's that type of personality that is able to reach people and reach into their lives and truly affect who they become and, and in some cases transform who they are because they know that there might be better and Kimberly encourages them and gives them a real life example that yes, that is true. It is possible. One of the things, and D2, I know this can come off as sounding so self-serving. Kimberly gives us a little bit of a springboard, I suppose, if we just wanted to do an advertorial. And this may sound like that, but I think this is too important not to mention. So for those of you who are like, wow, is this going to sound a little bit, to use a term that I'm not so sure is a real word, salesy? It might. I'm going to go ahead and say that as a disclaimer up front. If you want to fast forward to the cool music that we use as the outro and then wait for us to come back in two weeks, that is your prerogative. There's the disclaimer right there. But one of the things that Kimberly said that was so helpful for her as someone who never thought she could be a runner, was getting into a pair of shoes that really, really, really did work for her. And then once some of that discomfort subsided and once she had a few good experiences, not all of them, not every single instance, she grew and grew in her confidence. And now all of a sudden it has that prospect and ultimately for her, that achievement of becoming a lifestyle. And the only thing that I would add to that, as biased as we are, Dave, is if you know someone, if you are that person who believes I could not be a runner, I am not cut out to be a walker. This person who I care about so much has told me that I am forced to believe him or her. Please let Kimberly's message put a little bit of doubt. Let that creep in that maybe that's not true. Maybe you are 
a runner. Maybe you are meant to be a walker. Maybe that person who you're thinking about is just like Kimberly, that the doubts were there, but now they're gone. And yes, 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 especially your shoes and your socks. What you have in and on and around your feet matters so much to determining whether or not you can dispel that. I've got a testimonial here, D2. I'm going to read this because this is one of those things. We'll never have the good fortune of interviewing Andrew in all likelihood. And you and I, this is part of why this is so darn satisfying to work in our organization, be part of this industry. We see this type of content all the time, but it really, really made me think of Kimberly and what she was saying. And now this individual, who's not a featured conversation doubles down and listen to what Andrew from Marietta says. He says, so I am not sure where to start with this review, but I suppose I should begin by saying that I have rather large feet. He has worn anything from a size 14 to 16, depending on the style and fit. In addition, I have a rather high arch. He goes on, I guess I was just always used to buying shoes based on what the store had in stock, and having to make do with that. Big Peach Running Company changed my perspective on that and quite honestly, what a shoe buying experience should be like. There are plenty of you, and I'm going to deviate from the testimonial here for a second, only to say there may be a few of you, there may be many of you that are thinking, yeah, it's my foot shape, Maybe it's my body type. Maybe it is the condition I'm currently in. Maybe it is the weight that I wish I wasn't carrying. You are a difficult person to fit, but you are not too difficult. And my goodness, would we love the opportunity to do so. Andrew goes on to say, as far as I'm concerned, Don, who is the gentleman who worked for him in the East Cobb store when Andrew came in, should be considered the patron saint. Do I love this? He says that Don and Marietta should be considered the patron saint of footwear as he was able to find me shoes that not only fit, but fit properly. And listen to this. And as he did so, he helped me shed about a quarter of my body weight in the last four months. And as far as I'm concerned, Andrew concludes, those are miracles right there. That always makes us feel good when we get that kind of feedback. Kimberly made us feel really, really good. Having the opportunity to work with you on this broadcast always makes me feel good. You are a treat. All of our listeners, they are a treat. We're going to get a chance to come back in just two weeks, do it all over again. In the meantime, like Kimberly inspires us, of course, like Andrew just told us to do, be mindful of certain things. In the meantime, we ask you to be mindful of this. May your best miles be those covered on foot. Thank you.